Talking Sports with Nick Jenkinson. It's Monday, and you know what that means. It's time for Talking Sports with Nick Jenkinson on the South Central Indiana News Network. On tonight's show, we'll talk with Shane Ryder, Director of Communications for the Indianapolis Indians, graduating Indiana women's basketball players, Allie Papberg gets drafted in the WNBA, and Alexa Goulbe is going to a WNBA training camp. Major off-season additions for Indiana women's basketball, and Race Thompson returns for IU men's basketball, while Trace Jackson Davis declares for the NBA draft. We will have our high school scoreboard update, and we'll look ahead to the week in IU Athletics, so let's talk sports. We will start with Indiana graduating senior Allie Patberg being drafted 34th overall by the Indiana Fever in the WNBA draft. Patberg becomes the fourth Hoosier player to get drafted, joining Crazy Barnes in 1998, Jill Chapman in 2002, and Jory Davis in 2011. Patberg started her career at Notre Dame before transferring to IU. She was a four-time All-Big Ten selection, scored 1,752 points, which is ninth all-time in IU history, 527 assists, third all-time with 123 career games played for the Hoosiers. Patberg was one of two players in women's college basketball history who was granted seven years of eligibility. Congratulations to Allie Patberg on being selected in the WNBA draft. Alexa Goulbay has accepted a training camp offer with the Connecticut Sun. She played in 123 games, scoring 1,071 points, 28th all-time in IU history, pulling down 681 rebounds, and was a All-Big Ten second team this season. Goulbay could have come back next season because all athletes were given the extra year in the 2020-21 season due to the COVID-19 pandemic, but Gulbe had aspirations of playing in her native Latvia and will continue to play for the Latvian national team if the WNBA does not work out. Indiana women's basketball has hit the transfer portal very hard, and they have landed Sydney Parrish and Sarah Scalia, who will come to IU in the fall. Parrish returns home. She is a 2020 Miss Basketball from Hamilton Southeastern High School in Fishers, Indiana, and a McDonald's All-American. She played two years at Oregon, played in 55 total games. As a sophomore, she started all 32 games, averaged 8.8 points and 3.3 rebounds per game. The Ducks made tournament appearances while she was there, and she will have three years left here at IU. Scalia is a name that IU fans are very familiar with, playing at the University of Minnesota for the last three seasons from Stillwater, Minnesota, and gave the Hoosiers fits during her career, now joins the Hoosiers, scoring 1,158 points, ranking in the top 10 in six career categories, and a program record 88.8% free throw shooter, led the Gophers in scoring at 18 points per game. She will have two years left here at IU. The Hoosiers also got a commitment for 2023 from six-foot guard Lene Beaumont from Lyle, Illinois, played at Bennett Academy. She is the first commit in the 2023 class. Chose the Hoosiers over Iowa, Nebraska, Illinois, Michigan, Northwestern, Wisconsin, Princeton, and Tennessee. 
IU men's basketball got some great news with Race Thompson announcing he will come back for a sixth year. Thompson averaged 11.1 points and 7.5 rebounds last season and was honorable mention all Big Ten. He redshirted his freshman year due to injury and then was limited in his second season playing just nine games due to a concussion. The NCAA gave all athletes an extra year due to the COVID-19 pandemic during the 2020-21 season, so that's why Thompson can come back for his sixth season. His teammate, Trace Jackson Davis, has entered the 2022 NBA draft but will maintain his college eligibility by not hiring an agent. Jackson Davis has until 11.59 p.m. Eastern Time, June 1st, to withdraw his name from the NBA draft. The NBA Combine is May 16th through 22nd, so Jackson Davis has time to get feedback from NBA scouts to see where he stacks up, and the draft is June 23rd. He averaged 18.3 points, 8.1 rebounds, and 2.3 blocks this season. High school sports time. Let's check the local high school scoreboard. In softball, Bloomington North beat White River Valley 24-2. Bloomington South beat Southport 11-4. Terre Haute South beat Bloomington North 7-1. Bloomington South beat Terre Haute North 8-4 in 9 innings. Edgewood beat Indian Creek 13-3 in 6 innings. Martinsville beat Bloomington North 9-5. Mooresville took a doubleheader from Bloomington South 13-4 and 17-5. In baseball, Edgewood beat Terre Haute North 5-2. Bloomington South beat Terre Haute North 2-1. Terre Haute South beat Bloomington North 4-3 in 11 innings. Bedford North Lawrence beat Bloomington South 5-4. Edgewood beat Indian Creek 17-1. Bloomington North beat Bar Reeve 11-1 in 6 innings. Bedford North Lawrence beat Edgewood 9-0. Bloomington South beat East Central in a doubleheader 4-3 and 11-4. Martinsville beat Bloomington North in a doubleheader 6-1 and 2-0. In girls tennis, Edgewood beat Owen Valley 4-1. Bloomington South beat Bedford North Lawrence 4-1. Bloomington North beat Terre Haute South 4-1. Bloomington South beat Terre Haute North 4-1. Brown County beat Edgewood 4-1. And Edgewood beat West Vigo 3-2. In boys golf, Bloomington South beat Edgewood 294-380. Edgewood beat Brown County and Owen Valley 193-208-216. Bloomington South wins the Washington Hatchet Invite with a score of 310. Bloomington North finishes 8th at the Center Grove Invite. In girls track and field, Terre Haute South beat Edgewood 79-45 and Mooresville 79-43 in a three-way meet. Bloomington South beat Martinsville 67-61. Edgewood wins the Park Tudor Relays. In boys track and field, Mooresville beat Terre Haute South 85-51 and 85-31 over Edgewood. Bloomington South beat Martinsville 89-38. Edgewood was 6th at the Park Tudor Relays and Bloomington North 4th at the Ben Davis Relays. That is a look at our high school scoreboard. We come back, we'll talk with Shane Ryder, Director of Communications for the Indianapolis Indians. This is Talking Sports with Nick Jenkinson on the South Central Indiana News Network. Are you spending more time at home these days? If so, then you'll want to consider having your carpets professionally cleaned. Brothers Carpet Cleaning has been the region's premier cleaner for nearly a decade. Their truck-mounted systems are the most effective to remove bacteria, allergens, and pet dander. Brothers Carpet Cleaning will professionally clean your carpet, tile, upholstery, and wood. When it has to be clean, call Brothers Carpet Cleaning. 
online at carpetcleaningbrothers.com. Did you know that 1 in 59 people are diagnosed with autism and 78% of them also have a co-occurring mental health condition? This is why the world should pay more attention to autism if you know nothing about autism and it's time to be educated about this extremely significant topic. Everyone should have at least a tiny bit of knowledge about this topic so people like me can be in society just like you. Be part of the solution by visiting AutismRocksAndRolls.com. There you will find important information as well as a link to my podcast. Check out AutismRocksAndRolls.com. This is Indiana University Senior Associate Athletic Director Jeremy Gray, and I listen to Talking Sports with Nick Jenkinson on South Central Indiana News Network. Welcome back to Talking Sports with Nick Jenkinson on the South Central Indiana News Network. It is time to welcome in my guest. He is Director of Communications for the Indianapolis Indians. Shane Ryder is my guest. Shane, it is a pleasure to have you. Thank you so much for taking the time during what is a busy baseball season as always. Yeah, we're uh, we're just underway. I appreciate you having me on. Fortunately, the team's on the road. And we talked just before starting this segment that tonight's game postponed because we're up in St. Paul, Minnesota right now. And in mid-April in the Twin Cities, you're going to catch some some wintry mix yet. So we're snowed out tonight, but coming off a big night last night. Coming off a big night, indeed, a no-hitter for the Indians. 5 nothing win over the Saints. Combined no-hitter, the 15th in franchise history. Talk about those three guys that made it all happen. Well, you start with uh, Chase DeYoung. He was actually with our team to open the 2021 season, and he dazzled in our season debut at Iowa last year on May 4th. We started a month later last year because of COVID protocols. They wanted to trim off and allow more players and coaches and staff members to at least have the opportunity to get vaccinated. But DeYoung, he struck out 10 in that season debut last year over six innings. And you know, this is only his second start with us this year. He re-signed a, a minor league deal with Pittsburgh this offseason. Threw pretty well in spring training, but had a late start. So they sent him here to Indianapolis, and he's really picked up where he left off. He had last year cut short due to an injury. Uh, made about 10 starts up in the big leagues with Pirates for that 2021 season. Was shut down for him personally. But last night, you know, you go seven no-hit innings, and he's on a pitch count. You know, you saw it with Clayton Kershaw last night against St. Paul's parent team, the Minnesota Twins, uh, where he gets yanked after seven innings. And we had a, a similar situation where the young goes seven, he's around that 85 pitch mark. And you've got, you know, a dozen relievers down there that are ready to pick up where he's going to leave off. So you had the young goes seven, he issues a couple of walks, one in the third, one in the fourth, um, racks up nine strikeouts, two short of setting a new career high. And then he turns it over to Austin Bryce, veteran who was with the Red Sox a couple of years ago. Again, another veteran that's around that 30, 31-year-old range. And he gets sent to AAA, comes out, pitches a scoreless eighth, not without a little bit of drama. Gives up a hard-hit ball with two outs. He goes 3-0 with Derek Fisher, former Houston Astro. And Fisher rockets one into the right field corner. Mitchell, a talented prospect, Cal Mitchell, that is. He's shown a ton at the plate. Turns out he's got a pretty good glove, too. He moves far to his left. Picks it off the grass just before it falls in for extra bases. And from there, then you go to the ninth, turn it over to a hard-throwing prospect. He's not in Pittsburgh's top 30, but he's a guy that is probably going to impact that Pirates bullpen here in the very near near future. He goes one, two, three in the ninth, a couple of strikeouts after giving up a hard-hit liner to start that inning. But fortunately, it found a glove, and 
Indianapolis, like you said uh, with your question, no hitter number 15 in franchise history. Pretty cool stuff. Pretty cool stuff indeed. You mentioned Cal Mitchell. He leads the team so far in home runs and RBIs. You also have O'Neill Cruz, who's leading the team in runs. He's the number one prospect for the Pirates. Talk about the impact those two have had so far. Well, it's just a totally different makeup on this year's team. I mean, I saw a division championship team in 2017, my first year here in Indianapolis. And since then, you know, just over 518. Then we slipped below that 500 mark in both 19 and 21. But this year, at least out of the gate, they're off to a six and two start. And it's because of this youth and this, this prospect wave that's coming up into the higher rung of Pittsburgh's minor league system. So we're just seeing, you know, we're just scratching the surface on what's to come here in Indy. You get a guy like O'Neill Cruz, who's the top, you know, not just top 100, but about top 10, 15, depending on which publication or, or website you're going to look at. So you get a guy who's six foot seven and he plays shortstop. It's almost like uh, it's a unicorn out there, but he is something special. His defense, you know, that, that's the argument why Pittsburgh sent him here. They want him to hone his defense at short. They're testing him in the outfield. He's only played one game out there so far. Looked fine. Had a nice sliding catch in our series finale here this past homestand against Omaha in a win. But, you know, his defense is where they really want to bring him along get him comfortable in the outfield if that's where they decide to plug him in in the big leagues. But his bat, you know, it, it's the real deal. He hasn't hit a home run yet for Indy this year. Hit five and six games last year in late September before earning a, a late, what was an October call up to Pittsburgh for the closeout of the major league season. But here in Indianapolis, you know, he flashes power potential to pretty much any direction. And then his speed is really something that people forget about. He had a triple in the series opener at St. Paul two nights ago. He can fly. He can swipe bases. You know, his potential in the big leagues is, the you know, the power's there. It's probably going to be a, a 25 to 35 homer guy at a premium position in shortstop. You know, if you're plugging him in the corner outfield, there's a lot of outfielders who can do that. But for shortstops to have those types of numbers, uh, to do the things that he does, both running the bases collecting extra base hits and just impacting the game in numerous ways. He really checks every box. And then you bring up Mitchell, you know, he's one of a handful of other guys from a position player standpoint that's in Pittsburgh's top 30, top 35, not on their 40 man roster yet, but certainly could be. He's looked very good so far on this young season and excited what's to come for Mitchell as well. You've got Rodolfo Castro leading the team with a 409 batting average. You've got Jay Han Bay leading the team in stolen bases. Talk about what those two guys bring to the Indians. And it just seems like for right now, this is a very deep club. Yeah, it is really deep. I mean, just looking at last year's team, up until we got a bunch of these guys for the AAA final stretch the last 10 games of the season, we didn't have that prospect talent. You know, it just wasn't to this level yet in Pittsburgh's system. They were struggling in the big leagues. We were, quite frankly, you know, just kind of middling along here uh, in the old AAA East back to what people know as the International League. But, you know, hovered around that 500 mark or just below for most of the season. Got a lot of those guys, like I said, for the last 10 games. And most of them have opened this season here in Indianapolis. So for Rodolfo Castro, he spent most of last year with AA Altoona. He goes up to Pittsburgh. He was making the leap right over Indianapolis. He wasn't hitting this level before he was called up to the big league. So he goes up, um, you know, average-wise, didn't fare so well. I think it was a sub-200 average in the big leagues. But 
his first five hits with Pittsburgh all went as home runs. He's the only player in the modern era. I think it was since like 1893, something along those lines, a long time where, where no one has had their first five major league hits go as dingers. So Castro does that. He shows power potential power potential and he's really a super utility guy he plays third for Indy but you can bounce him around the infield I think that's what Pittsburgh probably has in mind for him when he does solidify himself on that big league roster is they already have key Brian Hayes at third he's going to be a gold glover this year or, or for future seasons with Pittsburgh they locked him up for eight years at shortstop that's where you have a Cruz or a guy that's actually down in Altoona right now in the over Pagaro second base you got Bay that you mentioned Nick Gonzalez, former first round pick, also in double A right now, too. So the prospect pool on the position player side of things is deep, it's rich, and it's almost at every level now. So it's really fun to watch. So Castro, I think he's really a super utility guy once you throw him up in the big leagues. You know, he's a guy that could get four or five starts a week if he's given Hayes a day off or he's given Cruz or whoever's playing short a playing second and he's athletic enough that you can probably throw him in left or right too and get by you know with average to above average defense bay is really a second leadoff hitter he's down in the nine hole right now and leads the team with four stolen bases he's riding a, a hitting streak to start this season he's hit safely in every game and he's really a spark plug and that just shows the depth of this team usually you see a guy like bay with that athleticism that speed that that contact rate at the plate that's usually your lead off or your two hitter. Uh, we got him batting ninth. So it's a deep lineup and no easy outs for Indianapolis so far. You talked about the weather, of course, in Minnesota. Of course, the weather in Indianapolis the first week against Omaha wasn't probably the most ideal, but at least you got the whole series in winning four out of six. Talk about just getting that opening week series out of the way and opening the homestand at Victory Field. Well, it's nice to get all six in, especially with that only uh, being Omaha's only trip here to Indy this year. You hate to lose a game here and have to make it up on the road. Dude, you still get the benefit of being the home team if that rare occurrence and situation does present itself. But we got all six in. The The day game on Wednesday was the only one that got postponed. We played the doubleheader the next night, albeit with uh, pretty miserable conditions. You know, we, we rode out just some misty, cold First pitch temperatures right around, you know, upper 30s, lower 40s. It wasn't warm by any means. Um, we did finish the homestand uh, with a nice day, though. It was, I think we were over 60 probably at first pitch. We had sunshine um, in terms of people actually in the stadium. Might have been the highest attended game other than opening night. So, um, you know, didn't start the series off the way we wanted with the loss, but rebounded to win four of the last five and win a win a season opening series. And as I mentioned before the interview started, I have a relative who's on the Omaha Storm Chasers, kid by the name of Clay Dungan, a distant cousin from Yorktown, Indiana, played at Indiana State. You said he looked pretty good in the lineup and, and was their leadoff hitter. Yeah, he was a table setter for Omaha. They had a really good team last year, um, especially when they got Bobby Witt Jr. from AA Northwest Arkansas and they had MJ Melendez come up. He popped 41 homers. He's a catcher. Only reason he's in the minors right now is because Kansas City has a guy named Salvador Perez catching for him. So he's blocked by an all-star. And uh, they're, they're trying him out at third base. They're going to move him around to see if they can jettison his call up to the big leagues. But uh, Nick Prado over at first base, too. He hit three home runs in the series. Uh, led all of minor league baseball with those three homers through the first week of the season. 
And then Clay Dungan, your relative, um, was actually hitting in front of those guys. So he was the one trying to get on base and allowing Melendez and Prado to drive him in. Um, he looked pretty good. You know, I said off air, I don't know where he ranks in Kansas City system, but his bat-to-ball skills looked good, uh, and he was a fun player to watch. We're going to take a quick break and we come back more with Shane Ryder after this quick timeout. This is Talking Sports with Nick Jenkinson on the South Central Indiana News Network. I'm injury attorney Matt Lloyd. With an injury claim, don't leave cash on the table by not realizing all the Indiana laws that can help you. The insurance company won't tell you about them, but call me for a free consultation to learn all the important steps to get the best settlement. Call or text 812-333-MATT or go online to MyInjuryCase.com. Let's join forces and fight for a settlement that makes sense for you. 812-333-MATT. Are you concerned about your life insurance coverage during these uncertain times in history? I'm Adam Beasley with American Senior Benefits right here in Bloomington, and we can help you find the best coverage for you and your family. We work for you to find the best plan out of more than 150 companies. We can compare your existing coverage or start a brand new plan. From newborn to 89 years old, from term to permanent, we'll find what's best for you. Call us at American Senior Benefits, 812-631-2305. Welcome back to Talking Sports with Nick Jenkinson on the South Central Indiana News Network. My guest, Shane Ryder, Director of Communications for the Indianapolis Indians. Shane, we were talking about the season so far. 17th season for the Indians as the AAA affiliate of the Pittsburgh Pirates. I'm sure there is a ton of communication back and forth between the Indians and the Pirates throughout the season. Yeah, there really is. It's it's 12 months, almost 365 days around the clock where someone is in communication with them. Most times it'd be our president slash general manager, Randy Lewandowski. He's been with the team since interning back in the early nineties. He's really our point person, but it trickles down to the communications department too. Anna Kaiser, our baseball communications coordinator. She has a direct relationship with the pirates PR department where we're working with them. Just, you know, we find out player moves really before they break. And then it's just up to us to keep that information internal you you do usually see it leak out on Twitter. Someone leaks it. But on our end, it's like, well, it at least allows us to get a head start on, you know, if it's a guy going up to the big leagues for the first time, we can get going on graphics that we're going to need. Or we can get a, a head start on a press release that's going to go out to our media, but also just be shared on social media and shared with our fans. So, yeah, there's there's probably four or five in the office that work pretty closely with the Pirates. Then you get down, like, with our home clubhouse manager, Bobby Martin. He's been around since the early 2000s or maybe even late 90s as well when we were a Reds affiliate and then a Brewers affiliate. And we started with Pittsburgh in 05, but he's got some direct relationship and contacts with the Pirates as well. Just being down there every day, he really has to be tied in on player transactions too because he's swapping nameplates on jerseys. And, you know, at AAA, it's pretty much a daily occurrence that the roster is going to have some sort of fluctuation to it. So he really has to stay on top of that, too. You got a lot of events coming up. You've got, of course, the six-game series with the Columbus Clippers. 
this week. You've also got the Butler IU game April 26th, and you got the Victory Field Classic April 29th with four high school teams. So it's not just the Indians that are using the the field. It's college and high school teams as well. Yeah, th- these are some major events for us just to add to how many events we can host here over the summer. You know, the, the spring through fall season is the time that we activate this park as much as we possibly can. We showed that in 2020 when we didn't have a minor league season. We had to pivot and we hosted, you know, 20 plus community events. We had a car show here. We had movie nights here. We had the links at Victory Field. We were hosting golf. So it's like we got this beautiful venue. We, we need to use it as much as we can. So we, we have that relationship, you know, with the in-state universities and colleges that, you know, it's, it's Butler, it's IU, it's Notre Dame, it's Ball State. I think Indiana State has made it over here a couple of times as well. Anytime you can get those teams down here, Purdue as well. It's a cool experience for those guys because not every college athlete is going to play at the next level. Not everyone's getting drafted or getting that minor league contract to jumpstart a professional career. They're moving on to jobs like you and I have maybe. So, you know, for them to come out and play on a, you know, what is a AAA field, but a nice one at that, an award-winning field with our field operations crew. It's an experience that is just, it's fun for the players. It's fun for the coaches, really fun for the fans. The college atmosphere and the high school atmosphere for that, for that part is, it's incredible. It's fun to be around. It's just different. We see 70 plus Indians games over the course of a season and some nights certainly more fun than others. You're going to have your off nights and the fun nights for the Indians. Yeah, the crowd gets into it, but it's like high school and college. They're into like every pitch or every out is like it's just magnified and it's just different. So it's fun when you get those fan bases out here. IU Butler, Tuesday, April 26th, tickets already on sale. And then Victory Field Classic just went on sale today. Like you said, four high school teams. First game, 5.30, Friday, April 29th. That one is Franklin Community against Franklin Central. And then the nightcap around 8 o'clock, we'll see when that first game wraps up, is Westfield against Noblesville. There's some really good talent that's going to be here as well. I, I didn't realize that Frank, I think it's Franklin Community, has the number one prospect in the entire country, not just in the in his class or in the state. It's nationwide where they have a guy who's number one. He's a Vandy commit. If he's going to be a first-round pick, he might forego that commitment and just start his professional career. So he's going to be fun to watch. It'll be it'll be, be cool to see that level of talent, too. We, we got a couple guys here on Indy's roster right now. Hunter Owen and Jared Eikhoff, both were Evansville Modern Day guys. They're both on our active roster right now. So that's rare. I think Modern Day's only had three professional baseball players that at least reach the highest level. We have two of them here in Indianapolis right now. So they both played at Victory Field. I think Eikhoff was a little older than Owen. Eikhoff maybe his sophomore year. I think Modern Day had made the state championship. And then Owen's senior year, they had made the state finals as well. So, you know, you never know who's going to come out of those high school games and go on to a minor league or, or major league career. But we've got two of them as well on our on our AAA roster. Fans, of course, in the Indianapolis area can see 35 Indians games, 11 on Wish TV, Channel 8, 24 on My Indy TV, Channel 23. They can also hear you guys on radio with Fox Sports 1260 based in Indianapolis. I, I'm sure it's always great to have that exposure 
with the local with the local fans to see this beautiful ballpark on TV week to week. Oh yeah, it's just another way of us. We don't expect the diehards to make it to every game, so it's like, well, here's an opportunity for you to at least tune in, or you can, you know, you catch 35 of our 75 home games on my end of your wish, and not just for the diehards to give them the access to, yeah, they might miss a game, but they can catch it on TV or listen on the radio. You never know who's listening and you never know who's watching and you never know who's in need of some summer entertainment. And they flip through the channels and they see a baseball stadium. I just saw on social media last night after the no hitter, you know, someone just replying to maybe one of the posts or tweets that we had had. And they're like, I didn't even realize Indy had a team. Like now I need to go to a game. So as big as Indy is and as high as our attendance levels are on a year-to-year basis, not everyone knows that we're here. <laughs> and that, That's weird because we've been around a long time. This is season number 120, started way back in 1902. But it's just cool. It just allows us to tap into to our current fans, you know, the longtime fans, but also people who are just looking to do something. And the goal is just to get them out here one time. If you can get a family of four to come out, sit out on the lawn, taking some concessions, maybe head to the team store, get some merch. That's, that's all we're about. We're just, it's, it's fun. It's affordable entertainment. Uh, we don't look at the Colts and Pacers as our competitors. We look at the zoo across the street and we look at the children's museum. It's like, what are families want to do in the summer? Well, that's their summer entertainment. And that's where we fall. We've only got about a minute left. Just want to mention Howard Kelman, the voice of the Indianapolis Indians. You work with him on a daily basis. He's been around forever. He's been an Indians broadcaster for over 30 years. Local sports guy doing high school sports for Channel 40 in Indianapolis. Just talk about the impact he's had on you. He's a good uh, community ambassador for us, for sure. You know, he's, he's never shy to go out and talk to groups in the community and just share information about the Indians. So, for Howard, like I said, I started in 2017. He's He is a wealth of knowledge, not just for the Indians. This is year 46 for him, baseball knowledge in general. When I called games with him last year, and I'll do a few more with him this year, the top and bottom of the fifth inning, it's this state in baseball history, and then it's this state in Indians history. You could throw the most random note at him, and he's going to spew out five, ten minutes, however long that half inning takes. He can just go. And it is one of the most impressive things when you're sitting there, you're just like, why do you know this? But also like, this is incredible. <laughs> so it, it's fun when he goes on those tangents and you really just let him roll. And if you can fit another note in great, if you don't, he's going to talk about that guy's third cousin and where he met him and his impact either in the major leagues or in Indianapolis. It, it's really impressive. Well, Shane, I thank you very much for the time. Congratulations to the Indians on a great start so far. Look forward to getting up to Victory Field to catch a game or two. And again, I thank you very much for the time, and we'll do this again soon. Appreciate you, Nick. You're welcome here anytime. My thanks to Shane Ryder for being my guest this week. For all things Indianapolis Indians, visit their website at www.indieindians.com. And IU Sports Softball hosts Notre Dame tomorrow in Louisiana Lafayette. Wednesday, both games at 5. They host Northwestern Friday through Sunday. Baseball at Miami of Ohio tomorrow at 5. At Cincinnati Wednesday at 6. Host Nebraska this Friday through Sunday. 
Track and field will host the Indiana Invitational Friday at 5.30, Saturday at 1 o'clock. Women's golf at the Big Ten Championships Friday through Sunday in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Water polo opens the MPSF Championships in Los Angeles Friday at 3.45 against UCLA. Men's tennis at Illinois, 3 o'clock at Northwestern, noon on Sunday. Women's tennis hosts Minnesota Friday at 4.30. Hosts Wisconsin Sunday at 11 a.m. Men's golf at the Kepler Intercollegiate in Columbus, Ohio Saturday and Sunday. And the little 500 bike races this Friday and Saturday at Bill Armstrong Stadium. Women's race at 4 p.m. Friday and the men's race at 2 p.m. Saturday. And they will be streamed live at www.broadcast.indiana.edu. Thank you for joining us this evening and thanks to our sponsors. On behalf of the entire team here at the South Central Indiana News Network, my name is Nick Jenkinson. Join us throughout the week on social media and every Monday night right here for more Talking Sports. was a production of the South Central Indiana News Network.